0: Hi, I'm Jennifer Isabella
1: and I'm Shrividya Sridharan,
0: your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the latest market dynamics impacting executives and their customers. Today we're joined by VP Principal Analyst Ross Graber to discuss Forrester's 2023 predictions for B2B marketing and sales. Welcome Ross. Well, thanks for having me. So. Over the last couple of years, maybe two and a half years, we've seen a ton of organizations experimenting, quickly pivoting to address the pandemic, right? But in our 2023 predictions for B2B marketing and sales, we're saying companies will be doubling down on predictable growth strategies. What's driving that prediction and what are these strategies that you're referring to?
2: All right, so, so let's start with what's going on in the market overall. And I think the elephant in the room here is really the economic environment. We have to acknowledge that B2B organizations are experiencing continued fears of inflation. There's weakness in the stock market. There's tightness in the labor market supply chains have been upended so businesses are seeing all of this as a concern. And amid this type of uncertainty, what do we try and do as business leaders? We look for things that are predictable. And when organizations are looking for predictability, they tend to look back to what they know and they know their customers, especially if they're doing their jobs well. So we're expecting to see B2B organizations really focus on their existing customer base as a way to get stability in their growth strategies.
1: So, Ross, how does that manifest itself? Uh, you know, can you talk? Uh, you know, one of the predictions uh, hits right at the center of this. How does that customer focus come out? So,
2: what we're expecting is for B two B leaders in marketing and sales to really double and triple down on their customer base and. One of the things that we're expecting is organizations are going to be really focused on concepts of customer health. Now, if I'm going to be focused on customer health, I've gotta do a better job at understanding what that is. And there's no way to understand that unless I measure it. And that may sound um, really fundamental, but one of the things that surprised us over the years especially from the marketing leadership standpoint, is that organizations have not been nearly as focused on measuring customer health as they should have. We studied this and seen that only 10% of CMO dashboards have been featuring a customer health metric. So if I'm leading a business and I'm saying, you know what, our strategy for growing is to focus on our customers, that means we've got to do a better job paying attention to how healthy our customers are. And that's why we're predicting. CMOs are going to triple the amount of focus they place into customer health. And they'll do that by increasing the frequency at which it appears on their leadership dashboards because that gives them the cue that this is something they want to actively manage.
0: Is there a little bit of nuance here though, Ross? Like. It's not just all customers, right? It's the be, your best customers or your most ideal customer, right? Not all customers are created equal.
2: There absolutely needs to be some nuance to it. And now, one of the things that we're expecting is that organizations are going to place more of their energy against understanding their ideal customer profiles, their ICPs. And it's one thing to understand what that profile is. It's another thing, and in my view, it, even a more important thing to start saying, hey, now we're going to put more of our resources toward supporting those customers who we believe are ideal because either they're the best fit for our product or solution, we have the best ability to support them, they're the most likely to renew. So if organizations are putting themselves in a position where they're investing more of their time and resources into those customers, they're going to position themselves to succeed. Now, there's an important part of this that I want to make sure isn't overlooked. When I decide who my best customers are and I give them more resources, there is an implicit flip side to that equation, which means there are going to be some organizations that businesses are currently seeing as their customers, who may be getting a little bit less support than perhaps they had in the past, because we always have to make resource choices. In the long run, that's probably going to be a better strategy for these organizations, because they're placing their bets against the customers they have the greatest chance of winning with.
1: So sounds like what the year ahead, you know, is some tough choices to make when it comes to you know, the customer base for B2B marketing and sales leaders.
2: Absolutely. This is this is always a tough choice because we're making decisions about where resources get applied. Although I think we've all seen ourselves in situations where we are plowing money, resources, support into customers who are never going to be well-served by the types of offerings that we're providing. And I think for B2B organizations to succeed, they've gotta be really introspective in terms of the places where they're most likely to deliver hugely satisfying experiences.
1: So I imagine one important lever in this conversation is technology. We know the marketing and sales technologies here, the rev tech stack, as we would call it, are going to play a key role in engaging with those best customers. Can you tell us a little bit about how B2B marketing and sales leaders will think about technology in the upcoming year?
2: So for 2023, we're going to see a big focus by sales and marketing leaders on reducing the number of point solutions that they're relying on in their revenue technology stack. We've seen huge growth in this area over the last few years, but one of the things that organizations are starting to realize is there's a tremendous amount of overlap in these technical capabilities between solutions. And that overlap is sometimes undermining the experience of buyers and customers because as the technologies overlap, they support processes that overlap, it starts to mix the messages that are going out to our buyers and customers. And if you think about a scenario where perhaps an organization is using their sales engagement platform, their marketing automation platform, their ABM platform, all to deliver parts of the experience to their buyers and customers, if those are not well-managed, and well-aligned, they start to deliver conflicting and competing messages. What I expect to see is we're going to see some simplification here. We're going to see organizations um, not only save some costs by reducing the number of point solutions in their stack, but they're going to focus on streamlining that experience that gets delivered to their buyers and their customers.
1: So Ross, do you think this simplification in the revenue stack, the marketing and sales stack um, would have happened anyway? Or is the, you know, the conditions that you laid out upfront in terms of the pressures that they're facing, is that accelerating this?
2: So I think there's always been a reckoning on the horizon, but amid economic uncertainty, I think it's pushing it a little bit closer to the forefront. It's making organizations arrive at some tougher choices faster around which technologies really need to be core to their processes and which ones they can do without and rely on other solutions within their stack to make sure that really strong um, interaction, really strong delivery is happening with their customers.
1: So Ross, what you're seeing about, um, you know, our technology prediction here is they're going to shed, you know, some of these point solutions. What does this mean for the, uh, the vendors?
2: Yeah. So one of the things that we're expecting is it's really these small providers of point solutions who are going to have the most risk in this environment, because as organizations are finding that some of the larger platforms that they're using are accounting for, let's say, 80, 90% of the capabilities that the organizations require, it's going to be those smaller point solutions which are most on the chopping block. However, I don't believe that those smaller providers are helpless. Because if we're looking at this environment where there's a lot of sameness and capabilities, it's really those vendors who have managed to build the strongest relationships with their customers over time and really demonstrated proficiency and understanding at the core processes that their clients are using to run their business They're going to have an advantage because, like I mentioned earlier, predictability is a really big thing when economic environments are tough. And as B2B buyers can see that some of their vendors are just highly predictable in terms of the types of experiences and the types of service they're delivering to them as technology buyers, they're going to be more likely to stick with those. Now, there's another angle that we can consider as well, because as the providers of some of these point solutions may be recognizing that they are not capable of supporting an end-to-end process on their own, there are gonna be some huge partnership capabilities to go and work with other providers, perhaps in OEM style setups or, or, or scenarios where they can still get their products, technology solution in front of a customer base who is going to find them truly useful, but to do it in such a way that is much better tied in and tuned in with the full suites or the full range of solutions that their customers are demanding of them.
0: So Ross, you have a prediction around Organizations, B two B sales and marketing. What are what's a change that that you're predicting will come in 2023?
2: Yeah, one of the more controversial predictions that we are bringing forward this year is that we believe the number of demand teams, demand marketing teams reporting to sales, that's going to reach 20 percent, and. That is going to come across to a lot of demand leaders as something that can be really, really uncomfortable. Now, let's talk about why that is, what's going on, and really what that means. Because the way we see it, the concept of alignment always sits at the very heart of B2B. Marketing and sales need to be tightly aligned around buyers and around customers. Now, as more organizations focus on the entirety of their customer lifecycle, those needs for sales and marketing to be aligned, those are only being elevated. Alignment is more crucial than ever. Now, some organizations who right now are struggling with sales and marketing alignment, they may go for what some of us see as a really quick fix, which is, hey, let's go and put marketing and sales under the same roof and alignment is gonna magically happen. Now, this is one of those cases where I would be really, really happy if our prediction does not come true. If more organizations realize that alignment requires B2B organizations to come to strong agreements on who their customers are how we're going to support them across different stages of of their life cycle, who does what and when, and how we manage the interaction between those internal functions. If I go through that hard work, it doesn't matter where marketing and sales are reporting because the objective is alignment of the experience on behalf of the customer. And if I can do that, That's how I'm going to create satisfying experience. And that's how I'm going to create success for everyone. Now, one of the things that we've been really keen on promoting is that to make that alignment happen, orgs have to be really focused on the fact that most of their buying or most of their customers are buying from them as part of groups if organizations work to understand those buying groups and embed that understanding of buying groups into their sales and marketing process, that's where they're going to be much more successful than if they're following um, more of a legacy model, which is focused on individual leads and individual opportunities, because that individual lead model, where marketing finds a person, hands it over to sales and says, "I'm done with this." That is one of the biggest sources of friction and the biggest sources of misalignment that we see in b two b organizations.
1: So essentially, what you're saying is that the shared accountability of that um, customer life cycle uh, between marketing and sales, this is this is a big responsibility for both these groups uh, to drive, those experience, experiences across the life cycle. Absolutely.
2: And, and you keyed in on what I think is a hugely important word, which is this is a shared set of responsibilities. And organizations have to recognize that sales, marketing, customer-facing roles have to line up all their ducks to ensure that they're abiding by a common set of of guidelines, that they have common objectives, and that they are doing the best for their buyers and their customers. That's where alignment really starts to show itself externally as opposed to be being just an internal conversation, which may be characterized in some organizations by bickering and frustration. We want to be able to move past that.
1: So Ross, another surprising prediction about organizations is that 40% of marketing organizations will lose their channel marketing function. Tell us a little bit about that one.
2: Yeah, this one's fascinating because this is a prediction that I see as being incredibly optimistic. So current state channel marketing organizations tend to be focused on transactional partners. Partners who are responsible for bringing in business. Now, as the partner ecosystems of B2B organizations expand beyond those traditional types of partnerships, where we start looking at non transactional partners, we talk about development partners, service and support partners, the role of what had been channel marketing is going to significantly transform into something that we're referring to as partner ecosystem marketing. And what that means is what had been a channel marketing function before is now going to be responsible for driving engagement and creating success among so much broader of a set of partners and that's going to be hugely transformational not only for the function of channel marketing but it's going to provide new and greater capabilities for organizations in terms of how they are supporting their customers across the entirety of that customer life cycle relying on partners to fill in some of the gaps that perhaps those suppliers, vendors, providers, were not providing on their own. It's a much more progressive way to start thinking about the support of the B2B customer.
0: So, you know, you mentioned some big changes, right? For channel marketing and this move to partner ecosystem marketing. Are some of these changes underway or are you talking about this is like a tipping moment, a moment in time in 23 for this function?
2: So I characterize it as a tipping point moment. We've seen that organizations have been moving toward expanded partner ecosystems for the last couple of years. But I think for 2023, this is when channel marketing fully gets behind partner ecosystems and says, we're going to reimagine the way our function exists within the overall B2B organization. And we're going to actively take ownership for supporting partners of all types. So it's a new mission. And I think that's an exciting thing.
1: So Ross, we started this conversation with, you know, you laying out the conditions uh, in which the B2B marketing and sales leaders are finding themselves in the next year. You you know, we talked about sort of tech and org. If there were a couple of actions that you would recommend they take in the next year to really hone in on the customer, to you know, re- look at their tech stack, to think about alignment differently? What would those strategic actions be? OK,
2: so our starting point here, and I think you hit it so nicely, Shri, is just organizations have to do a better job focusing on who their customer is what their customer needs and aligning around that now the question is how do we do that some of the discussion that we've had up to this point has been all about forcing that level of alignment and typically we go back to discussions of do we understand who our buyers and customers are can we sharpen our icps or our ideal customer profiles and form agreement around what that audience texture looks like and how we're going to support them. Now, some very practical steps that organizations need to take. They need to flesh out who their buying groups are and the individuals within the organization who are going to be getting value out of their solutions. Part of getting this right also requires that organizations come to agreement about the different opportunity types that they're pursuing. Whether they're acquisition opportunity types, retention opportunity types, cross sell or upsell opportunity types, and in what degree. Because with that level of agreement in place, then organizations can jointly determine what type of resources are going to be applied to each of those scenarios. And that's one of the things that is really going to help organizations come up with plans that are aligned for how they're going to grow. Now I'd said earlier, so much of the focus we expect to see for 2023 is going to be about emphasizing retention and upsell as part of the growth strategies B2B organizations pursue for 2023, but it's so critical that all the arms of the B2B organizations understand that strategy, understand the degree to which it's taking hold and how each of those functions is going to play a role in making sure that they succeed.
0: No small task, but exciting times in 2023, it sounds like.
2: Definitely exciting times.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Ross.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. This was my pleasure.
0: If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Forrester's What It Means podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player. To continue the conversation, follow Forrester on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, or drop us a note at podcast at Thanks for listening.